We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Thursday. Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Honora Boys are in the building. In the I am, building. Yes, sir. Indeed. I am your boy, Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. That dude right there, the original Lucky Lefty himself. We are brought to you and featuring Honora Whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. Absolutely. Great show today. Lots to get to. We're going to talk about the NCAA Transition Committee and the recommendations that they have made. Some interesting things could be on the horizon for all Division I sports, not just college football, but college basketball, baseball. We'll talk about that. Then, it's a lot of transfers, a big transfer energy going on in Notre Dame. Notre Dame was holding out on us because when they talked to us uh, just over a, little, a month ago, they really said they were only looking at two positions for transfers. Now that has expanded and Notre Dame has become more aggressive and they have a certain quarterback on campus today. And we'll find out whether or not they can seal the deal with that individual. Then we'll talk about Notre Dame's performance and ratings in the Gator Bowl and overall, based upon articles on The Athletic where they went at Notre Dame, not went at Notre Dame, when Notre Dame was mentioned in the worst performance by a football team. And then the other article, they had the top 50 games of the season and Notre Dame showed up in the top 50 twice. We'll get to those as well. As always, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. YouTube, follow Lucky Lefty Podcast on YouTube, hit the notification bell, smash that like button for us, leave your comments. We respond to all comments, greatly appreciate. And if you love podcasting and you love listening to great content, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. Already know. We spit it different. Left, I want to start out by saying it was great to wake up this morning hearing reports that DeMar Hamlin neurologically was intact. He has opened his eyes. He has been holding 
hands with his family at his bedside and he is now not out of the darkness or not out of the desert per se uh but he's made tremendous strides and um it's just good to hear it's good to hear his um i think it's up to seven million now with his drive and his philanthropic works uh, and he's only getting paid a hundred thousand for the for the season. Yo, know, which is which is crazy, and um, that's one of the things that has been recommended that we're going to talk about by the transition committee. That they have shortened the time for D one athletes, or recommended that they shorten the time for D one athletes to get their degree after they leave, but at the same time they have extended the amount of health care the amount of years that these institutions take care of full scholarship athletes once they leave. So like I said, when we dig into that, there's going to be some interesting stuff that we get into, but our prayers continue to go out to the family of Damar Hamlin and everyone connected to him and for a speedy and continued successful recovery to full health. Man, that's all that matters right now. Just get healthy, young man. Get healthy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left is big transfer energy at Notre Dame. And what I mean by that, we talked about this just under a month ago as they were preparing for the Gator Bowl and they were having bowl practices. Uh, word came down that they would be looking for some help on the defensive line. They lose Braden Fisk, who's a Michigan City, Indiana kid. They lose the battle to Florida State for that young man. He's a 300-pounder. Veteran, and you figure like they should have gotten that easy, right? The kid grew up 30 minutes from the campus, big time Notre Dame fan growing up. They lose that battle. And then we knew that they were going to get some wide receiver help. Well, they did that. And Chancey Stuckey sealed that deal pretty early. And if you missed the interview that we had with that transfer wide receiver, Caleb Smith, who transferred in from Virginia Tech. He was on with us yesterday. Fantastic interview. You can go get it over at YouTube if you want to watch, or you can listen to it. CFB Nation, Irish Breakdown, 
Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. But now we're hearing that they're expanding even more, right? And someone that is on campus today, he's not the only guy on campus for Notre Dame, but someone that we've spoken about is Sam Hartman, the quarterback from Wake Forest, is at Notre Dame today. Now, this is the first day it's legal to be there because, yeah. like you were saying, it wasn't legal before or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yesterday was the first day. It was January 4th. It was January 4th because they had other visitors on campus yesterday. And then um, Sam Hartman arrived there this morning. I'm sure they're going to give him the tour. Uh, of course, there are no practices for him to watch. He'll view the facilities. They'll sit down, probably watch some film, go over the offense. Uh, Marcus Freeman has been on on the record, and he said this during the bowl uh, week, during bowl prep. He has the final decision and the final say so. And he says he has to look the young man in his eyes and ask him some serious questions before he gives a go ahead for anybody to be accepted into the Notre Dame football program. So that is what do you think those questions would be for sam hartman in particular yeah like are you going to win these two games we eat <laughs> okay let's dig into that. that that can be the ll question of the day if you were marcus freeman what would be your serious questions for sam hartman let's go ahead go down the list left let's 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 try to look my first question would be do you believe that you can beat ohio state and usc that was the first question. I mean, that's you, the only question. Do you believe it's that you, make you better? Can you beat Caleb Williams and can you beat Kyle McCord? Is that is that the, that's the young man that was behind CJ Stroud at Ohio State? Yeah. And how secondly, you know, are you ready to compete? Because this is not about to be given to you. See, I hate that thing. Because it, it, it needs uh, to be it needs to be hey, if you are like you say you are on these on this paper, mm-hmm. it's time to rock and roll. Mm. I think the whole coming in and then trying to beat out a guy, I think it takes away from the time you can work on building the guy you brought in, you know, especially if you bring in a guy that only has one year left I think it's just a disservice to bring him in not to play him for both sides, you know, because you really take a year back uh, by not having your franchise guy in there. So if you're entertaining bringing him in, then that's letting everybody know that Tyler's not your franchise guy and that, you know, coming in, come in here and get ready to play. I just think it's just, interesting situation that we're in. I think our conversations, well, Marcus Freeman's conversations are different than at any other school because we're looking to just get 1% better as opposed to like the massive amount of percent it would take a Georgia Tech, for instance, to get to where we're at. So that's that's asking a lot for a little, you know. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that, Left. I'm I'm just asking 
him whether or not he's ready to be part of the competitive culture. Right? We can have discussions about where I see you or where I project you. But just understand that I'm not, no. It's going to be a competition. Like if Tyler comes out in the spring and Tyler is taking another step forward, how do you keep him off the field, Left? If Tyler Butner takes the next step, how do you keep him? How do you tell that kid, yo, you have, you have to wait another year? If well, he they takes another told step forward, that could be the case as well. And Tyler even said, he said, I know we're getting another guy because I'm not the guy, basically. But he chose to stay and compete. Yeah, because he knows he's good. He, But this is about we're needing a bona fide guy. Mm-hmm. A guy that's is going to get the job done. Tyler Buckner can grow and develop because we have a great team every year. So he's just like how we make Jack Cohn better. We're making him better. Having a oh. great old line every year. Without a doubt. Having all-star receivers and running backs and a comfort in that every year. Running the football. So, of course you would stay. You had a good spot. But are you trying to stay for vacation or are you staying for the business conference? You just staying to hang around or you staying to get deals done? You staying to make it happen? I think Sam's expected to come in and make it happen. And if that's the case, then Tyler Buckner, you're not our guy. But so first of all, every every any whoever the starting quarterback would be next year would be expected to make it happen. One hundred percent. But you're so, not bringing a one year, fifth year. He was going to go to the league, then he was pump fake and came back to college because he's coming back for this. Well, first play. of all, he's coming back because the grade wasn't good enough. Now, if he was getting a second grade, a second round grade in the NFL, he wouldn't be transferring. Well, you know, that's just like uh, Caleb Smith said. He said, this is the next step. Notre Dame is the is the final boss level. If you can walk on this journey with this schedule and this expectation in this environment, mm-hmm. and you, you're automatically, you're great. What do you think Jack Cohn's grade was before he transferred? He probably didn't have a grade. No. We gave him a grade coming to Notre Dame for just one year. So it's definitely a stepping stone to knowing if you're ready or not. And I think Sam Harbin understands that. But for a guy that's in the program already, it's going on, what, year two, right? No, year three Mm -hmm. for Tyler. Yeah. At what point are you going to play? Because – Year three, you're supposed to be starting because you can't roll in year four and you got Kenny Minchie and C.J. Carr sitting there mm-hmm. and you got clips here, clips there, but nothing ever in full. It's just it's, you missing that window, you know. Well, you, you want – you would hope. And I, the reason I bring this up is because I thought as a – Clemson was being blown out, which I love to say, in the Orange Bowl. 
they really told the story of the relationship between Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton and how Joe Milton was disappointed in having to transfer from Michigan, being a Tennessee kid, going to Tennessee, following Josh Heupel there, being under his tutelage, getting the shot initially, not really excelling in the Heupel system, losing the job to Hendon Hooker, and when he lost the job to Hendon Hooker, he chose to stay. Hendon Hooker was another experienced guy that came in, had played a lot of football, even though he was given a raw deal at Virginia Tech, in my opinion. He comes in, because he's experienced, he grasps the system a little bit better. The system runs a little bit better under him. Tennessee takes off. Played well last year. And then they got down to the last game of the season against the same South South Carolina team that Notre Dame played with a chance to still be in the college football playoff before ultimately losing that game and losing Hendon Hooker for the rest of the season. And Joe Milton takes the opportunity. He knows he's going to be the starting quarterback next year for one season at Tennessee. And he likes the Orange Bowl up. And now he's set to be the guy for Tennessee next year. So, that, what's Tyler's attitude in this situation? If he's going to have the attitude like Joe Milton and lock in and get ready for his opportunity, even though it might just be one year, then by all means, it definitely can work. It, it, the quarterback room is going to get better or has gotten better. Let, let me say this. The quarterback room got better when the Gator Bowl was done because Tyler Buckner was a better quarterback than he was when he got hurt against Marshall. He's a better quarterback, period. That's even with the mistakes. He's a better quarterback today than he was post-Marshall. Now, can he take the next step? We've seen that he can advance. We've seen him mature. Can he take it even further? It's up to him. You have to believe that he can. He doesn't really have someone that's really going to be there working with him because they don't have a quarterback coach. So it's purely on Tommy Reese. So if you get a new guy coming in, trying to become acclimated to the system, how much attention is Tyler going to truly get in his development? Like These are all questions that are swirling in my head. Left, you're the OC. You you let us know, like what what's going to be the dominoes for everybody in that room. Even Kenny Mitchie, when he comes in, or Steve Angeli. Like, how are the dominoes going to fall if this room receives Sam Hartman? I really believe it's an all-in decision because of the fact of what you said. If you're bringing Sam Hartman in, it needs to be. You're starting, and when you get started right now on you getting this offense down and the things that you like and how we can match that up, which is, you know, another learning system that uh, that everybody in that room will have to undergo as well, but the roles will be established. And I think that's easier for Tyler Buckner to be like, I can stay for this because I can learn, I can develop, I'll know where I am, I'm not on edge every day being like, man, I'm better than this dude, I should play. If y'all have a plan for me and say, okay, 
That's how we rolling this year with Sam. If there's some opportunities, your chance to shine, position yourself for next year. That is a more freeing uh, thing if I'm Marcus Freeman to tell a player, because then it's like, okay, I can stay or I can go. Mm. I can learn in this role or I don't or I don't want to be in the role. But I think just having the it always being open ended, like, yeah, you can you can beat Sam out. We're just gonna see to the end. You guys going 50-50 and then and then I'll decide the day before the game on the coin toss is it's just counterproductive for both parties because now your identity is what? I think there's two distinct styles between Sam and Tyler Buckner, which is two different things that you're going with in situational football. And third and three, you're probably not doing the read option with Sam. You're probably maybe taking right. a deep shot. Right. Right. Third and three with Tyler Buckner, you know what it is. A keep. <laughs> not even a handoff, a keep. <laughs> so, so how much of that look, Tyler Buckner impacts the run game. Right. He impacts the Notre Dame run game. Yeah, the offensive line is fantastic. But when he's under center, that's an extra guy. That's an extra running back. He impacts extra the run game. Yeah. You bring somebody else in that does not have that running ability, but they're a little bit better in the passing game, maybe it evens out because now the safeties are further back, so he impacts the running game in that, in that manner. You don't have as many people in the box. So it, it, it could even out. It but definitely it, changes the way Tommy. Go ahead. But then it goes back to, okay, is Sam Hartman coming to play half the time? That's a raw deal right there. If you say yeah, hey, you'll, yeah. you'll play, but the other kid's going to get in and your rhythm's going to be whatever, you're probably going to have a worse throw percentage from not playing full-time to playing yeah. uh, on call. So – it just puts everybody in a different position, which I think Marcus Freeman is right by trying to be the lead on making this decision because it can impact the entire offense and your quarterback room. You bring Sam Hartman in, and then if I'm Steve Angeli, I'm like, damn, okay, Sam Hartman's in here. I know they really like him, Tyler, and I know they really like him, Kenny Minchie, and I know they really, really like CJ. How do I fit in this equation? Because Sam coming, that's a year down, and Kenny's in here. And then yeah, they, really, really, they really, really going to like Tyler, especially if he's doing some things throughout the season here and there. Yeah. That's another year down. Yeah, yeah. And I'm that's a like, junior now. Now, how would you feel? How would you feel if, you know, I hit you up and uh, I'm like, yo, Leek, it's Ebro from Hot 97. We want you to be a headliner on the main stage at our summer fest, right? You perform, and then we I hit you back the following year, and I'm like, yo, we're going to put you on the, the B stage outside the stadium. Mm. Like, let's, let's not get it twisted, right? Notre Dame is, is Notre Dame's the main stage of college football. It's the Let's main not get a tweet. Like, thank you, Finn Matt Cool, for your uh, comment here. Hartman could have stayed at Wake Forest and guaranteed himself a final year 
to showcase for the NFL. I can't see him going in D on a gamble without some incentive to play. Not that I agree with it. Look, Wake Forest ain't Notre Dame. It ain't Notre Dame as viewed by the NFL scouts. It ain't Notre Dame in college football. It ain't the same stage. Man, it's just not. Deacons. He and he knows that. He knows that, right? As much he's as Notre Dame, like, he's trying to get. Like he's trying NFL, to get that. Yeah. NFL training camp for me. Yes. He said, "I'm going from McDonald's to Ruth Chris. I'm going from Wingstop to Harold's. You know, I'm taking that next step." Another food analogy brought to you by Lucky Lefty via Malik Zaire. Go ahead, Love. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he know what he's going to, so he's he's more excited about it than it just being like a Drake May transfer. Because Drake May's talent is going to make Notre Dame better. Yeah, the stage is bigger than North Carolina, but Drake May's talent fits the stage. Yeah. yeah. That's different than you being a rinky-dink piano bar singer and then getting asked to perform at Coachella the next week. With the brandy glass on top yeah, of the piano yeah, for tips. Yeah, you 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 begging for tips. Now they ask you to come perform at Coachella? You you probably super excited. Oh man. But if you but if you got that talent, like a Drake May. Did you just compare Wake Forest to a piano bar? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. We talking about, I mean, they don't even have a stadium big enough to fit, you know, all the people we got in our stadium. So I just think it's a it's an interesting situation because if you look at it in that standpoint, Buckner and Sam Hartman are on an even level, you could say, for a competition. It's really harder on Tommy if you're allowing Buckner to be in this competition this whole offseason because now you only have so much time to really get an identity. You're not going to get us and fool us with this whole, well, Drew and Tyler Buckner can run the same stuff. and blah, blah, blah. No, they can't. No, they can't. The defense isn't respecting Drew Pine. And damn near not Sam Hartman either in the run game. So it changes the it changes the outlook on the offense. So your identity, I'm not saying it's going to be totally different, but in situational football, mm-hmm. you need to have a plan and you need to have a guy. And it's better to give the starter that you know early 100% of the reps instead of giving them 50 throughout the offseason. Because you're gonna come out and be a 50% performer, you know. But, Sam Hartman isn't like Jameis Winston talented to where you can give him 50% of the reps because you're doing the fake competition and roll him out day one, and he's gonna be who he is. I feel like Sam is very similar to Drew, where you got to get some work in the offense to get the timing right, to get your specific plays you really like, because you don't have the talent to outshine everybody. I think Buckner's closer to that talent to outshining, but Buckner needs some time to play. If you dicking around with his playtime so much, he's about to be a junior playing partially five games total. You know, and I think the need and the urgency 
was put there because they weren't able to watch Tyler progress. They didn't know what they were going to get in the Gator Bowl. They had to be transparent with everyone in the quarterback room prior to the Gator Bowl saying this is what we're going to do. If we have seen this progress from Marshall to the end of the season with Tyler Buckner and Notre Dame had gone 10-2, and they might not be going to the portal. Because they might say, okay, we know he's going to take the next step. He's going to clean up the mistakes. Hey, he went 10-2, and two, started off rough, went 10-2, and two, improved. He can go 12-0 and 0 next year. He can make that two-game difference. But because they weren't able to see that, they had to make a decision. They made the decision. They made con- Man, might have made contact and went to visit. With him, we know Hartman's people reached out during bowl prep, and now now you're in there. He's on campus for a visit, right? And Tyler's the wild card. And you've been through this, left. We can really this is great. We can really dig into it because you've been through this. That team loves that dude after that bowl game, bro. Yeah, that locker room loves twelve. They're they rocking with twelve. Cool. They're rocking with 12 after that bowl game. They're rocking with them. So whoever comes in, you better be killing it from day one. The players in that locker room better see a so difference. I'm saying, like, he got to go in there and really, like, but, you know, that also has to come with some support from the staff. You know, if you if you bring him in and he's expected to start off hot, you got to support that as a staff. You got to yeah. – Work through the the times where he's not gonna look hot early, and and Tyler's gonna be looking hot early because the team and the flow of things is is where it's at. So it's a bigger decision for Marcus Freeman, especially after the bowl game, seeing Tyler have some life in him and some potential to where you're like, okay, if he can stay healthy, we got something. Yeah, it's a lot of what ifs, but. I think having both and just being happy with saying, okay, we got both on the roster, that's only the beginning of your problems, in my opinion, in terms of how you're going to meld that together. Because, you know, I think Tyler has a good enough attitude to be able to learn from Sam. But at the same time, they're both in positions where it's like, I need to play this year. <laughs> it's not like Tyler's sitting on a uh, – if he had a, a – uh, extra year, you know, if this was a, if he froze that part of time and, you know, whatever, had an extra year, it'd be different because he'd be like, okay, there's a gap. But both of these guys need to play a significant amount for the next year coming up. And it right. requires a lot of uh, maintenance in that and a lot of nurturing and support in that to where, having a QB battle doesn't make it uh, any better, in my opinion, for where we are as a team. Because where we are as a team, we know we can get a championship with the right guy, as opposed to having three or four guys duel it out in a team that is yet to be proven. You know, it, it, So for us, like Michigan, Michigan's, they know, okay, we had Cade and JJ, but I know if we get a, if we make a decision, we can get there. Mm. We make a decision, we can get there. And they made a decision. But for us, 
both of the R guys need to play for different reasons. Sam needs to play because he noticed his tryout year for the league get a better draft status. Means a lot. He's already accomplished a lot in college football, but he knows this is a step up. Tyler Buckner's like, my window's closing, and I feel good after that last game. I think I deserved a shot. You know, and if I don't play this year, damn, it's like I damn near need to know so I can damn near transfer before the year starts. I think yeah. that's how fast the window got to happen or how fast Tyler should be thinking about it because I think that him missing out on this year specifically is going to be really hard, you know. Not that it's gonna, he can't do it, but from a timing standpoint, and for Angeli, it's just like, where you go? What do you do? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for Steve Angeli. It's tough because he's going to go from getting 50-50 snaps and bowl prep to possibly nothing. Because what you going to do, uh, split his with Tyler Bugner? No. 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 You'll probably have Angeli run scout team again. I mean, he'll be splitting scout team reps with – Kenny. Kenny, yeah. So you went from number two to splitting scout. I'll Man. tell you one thing. If it's if this indeed goes down and they get both, this will be the most comfortable Notre Dame fans will feel if an injury does occur. Like for the first yeah, time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. If if the starter gets hurt. Yeah, to start to get hurt, we we all right. We can next man up. That, Absolutely. That sure. Absolutely. Like if, if Hartman gets hurt somehow or vice versa, if Buckner gets hurt, like either way. Either way. Either way, you're feeling good about it. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hit the like button. All of our great content is available over at CFB Nation, like our great interview with Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver, now Notre Dame wide receiver. Caleb Smith is up. Go check it out. Download it. Set up the automatic download. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We respond to all of them in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Great content. You already know Lucky Lucky Podcast. We spin it different. So, yes, Sam Hartman is on campus. <laughs> and um, you good, bro? Yeah. Right. You're, not, you're not bringing Sam Hartman in to coach either. No, no. no Look, that's, no, not, that's no. not his responsibility. You need to have a staff to do that, to coach and develop. That's not his responsibility. You know what he's going to – it's a business decision for him. That's what I'm saying. It's like, a flat-out business decision for Sam Hartman. You already know. That man, he's playing. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't no competition. You're playing. I'm just saying. Look, Tyler is a wild card for several reasons. For and several people, reasons, and if people don't want to admit that, that's fine. He's a wild card for several reasons, bro. Playing time and confidence. Playing time and confidence. He got some confidence in the Gator Bowl. He's going to get more reps in the spring, more reps in the fall, and which look to be honest, best case scenario, if you get Tyler. He needs to play, man. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm really, saying. He that's needs to play. That, it, uh, there is no 
sitting him on the sideline is not about to automatically make him better. He yeah. needs to play to get better. He, he needs to play to get needs better. To play a lot if we want to see him as the guy that can win it all because Bryce Young didn't play, but then he went from not playing to playing all the time. Mm-hmm. If Bryce Young was playing here and there because he's splitting time with Jalen Milrow or whatever, Bryce Young wouldn't have won the Heisman and wouldn't have been in the championship. So it's hard to think about because if they bring Sam Hartman in, Tyler's not playing. Now you're weighing, we need to win versus Tyler needs to play. That's it. We went nine and four. Can't have that. We yeah. need to win versus Tyler need to play. But now, we can look, win with Tyler. We just don't know how far that can take us because he hasn't been healthy enough. That's another thing. Sam Hartman can get us wins, but can he get us those two wins? That we that's need? the that's the ability is what availability. Availability, right? The second thing we were told is that Notre Dame would be in the market for defensive line help. Like we said, we mentioned Braden Fisk earlier, and news came out that a guy that they were in the top four for in the 2022 recruiting class, defensive lineman Anthony Lucas, um, is now officially in the transfer portal. And talking to sources, they've made contact. I don't know how it's going to go down. He seems like an NIL guy. It seems like NIL will be very important to him at his next stop. But Notre Dame is swinging big. And it doesn't get any bigger than uh, Anthony Lucas, a defensive line. That Getting him to Notre Dame would definitely solidify the interior of that defensive line. And he would make Riley Mills better. He would make Howard Cross better. Oh, 100%. And that's a, a player that you need to have on your roster where they going down the roster. They be like, who is this big? Okay, okay. They got some. <laughs> okay. Thanks. The film on identify where that guy is ASAP. And that's just, I really think if we had that monster D line, Notre Dame would feel like that team that's floating in the top five all year. Left, this is why I said it's big transfer energy in Notre Dame. I think Marcus Freeman sees sees the opportunity to make this team a true contender via the portal. I think he really does. And I think he understands getting a guy like Anthony Lucas and solidifying the interior of that line. The defensive line is the biggest question mark, I would say, right now. There is no question marks about the wide receiver room anymore because you trust Chancey Stuckey. You trust his ability to develop and coach. You trust the O-line. You trust Harry Heastan. You trust – hey, you you trust Sam Hartman in combination with Tyler Buckner. You trust yeah, that. Trust, you trust that. You definitely trust, you trust you the running back. You trust the running back room. All four of them. You, <laughs> shoot. The youngsters, we have to see them, but we trust the athleticism of the young linebackers. We trust the defensive backs with Cam Hart returning. It's definitely the biggest question. And we trust the linebackers. Man. So with Anthony Anthony Lucas would be absolutely huge. I think the kid, he's out of Arizona Chaparral, 
if I'm not uh, high school out there. And like I said, Notre Dame was in his top five, you know, and talks are going well. Initial talks are going well, but the holdup for most people connected to Notre Dame, they feel like NIL is going to be a big deal with this young man. But who knows? Who knows how it plays out, right? Then we hear, yesterday we spoke about it, that they're not looking. It's not a need, but if they just happen to fall upon an offensive lineman that is an NFL. Yeah, we just so happen to come across a, a Jack of the Beanstalk. You know, a guard that is Jolly first, second round. A giant or something. You know, so, sort of like Olawatimi, the center for Michigan. Fell in the laps of the Michigan Wolverines in the yeah. transfer portal. A type like that, if he falls and Notre Dame can get him. Highlighters. I think we have a great uh, recruiting package for a top O-lineman to come through. I mean, we just pull out the Rolodex. Who you want to talk to? Jack Martin? Ronnie Stanley? Right. Who you want to talk to? We got something for you. Who you want to talk to? So I think he stand can slam dunk a transfer portal. Uh, just one year guy, mm-hmm. especially if he's already got some good talent to him. I mean, you, you, you want a guy that's like a Joe Alt potential come in for one year with Harry Heastan, get get cleaned up. Nice. You just hurt my feelings, bro. You just hurt my feelings. <laughs> Dang, we only had Alton Fisher for one more year. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's uh, good. That's good because we know we got something in the tank. Not no long hair, you know, thin in the pants, Elijah Page that didn't want to smoke. But we got guys that come in that really want to be about it. And I think it is a, opens up some good spots. I mean, Blake Fisher, he might stay an extra year because he missed that that first first year after the Florida State game. So who knows? He may stay depending on what, what the money's calling, you know. That NIL deal, by the time, you know, he may be getting paid good. He might say, I want to Isaiah Foskey that thing and come back. <laughs> you don't even believe that. I don't even know why you said that. If we can, in the, in the NIL era, we can get a Cam Hart who was projected at one point to get drafted and then an Isaiah Foskey who was obviously projected to be a first, second rounder to come back for an eight and four season. We can do some things at Notre Dame, man. Lucky lefty, lefty, question number two of the day. (laughs) Who believes that Joe Alt and Blake Fisher will both come back after next season (laughs) if they have first-round grades in the NFL? Now, keep in mind, Isaiah Foskey came back for an 8-4 and season. I'm just saying that he was projected – or 9-4, and sorry, 9-4. He was projected – you know, pretty uh, high. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. But uh, Isaiah Foskey had come back if the same head coach was there. No. Okay, then. Enough said. Lucky Lucky Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can continue on. But Notre Dame, if a big-time offensive lineman falls in their laps, they're absolutely going to take him. Last night we found out that Oklahoma State safety Thomas Harper was on campus for his OB. Uh, he's a nickel safety, nickel safety combo, and Notre Dame would love that, especially with the departure of Tariq Bracy, right? 
if they can get an experienced guy to go ahead and play that nickel, Jaden Mickey can go to the outside and do his thing. And you have to love what you see from Christian Gray. You and I, we absolutely love what we saw from the film that was sent to us and what Micah Bell was doing yesterday and the way he was breaking on the ball. That Look, the job that Coach Mickens is doing and getting the DBs in and getting them to develop and play early and be good, man. Jaden Mickey, he's out. He's at home on break, running around the track in the rain. Like, these, these dudes want to be great at Notre Dame in that cornerback room. And that's and that's what you also recruit, guys, that once you get in the building are going to also do, do some self-development and have some work ethic and not just be the prized possession of the, the recruiting offseason. So uh, there's a lot of trust that goes into what are you doing when you're not in the building? And I think we're seeing that from younger guys being more uh, professional about training in the offseason with Jade Mickey. But also, you know, you better. Because <laughs> it's yeah. going to be competitive for them spots and them slots uh, when it comes down to putting that depth chart together because it's going to be a long season and guys are very hungry coming into the year. I mean, you got a Cam Hart coming back yeah. going to the mix. Well, you got a Michael Bell making plays. Christian Gray is going to make plays. Ben Morrison – is the is the is the hot seat sitting in the catbird seat right now in the in the corner room, you know. So guys are going to try to go go harder, and I think uh, with that you you gonna have to keep up your training. Yeah, another safety that Notre Dame is really really likes, and if you watch his film, Jalen Catalan from Arkansas, he's a fantastic safety man. He just can't stay healthy. He's like the defensive Tyler Buckner. Uh, he just can't, man, a lot of talent, a lot of NFL, NFL talent, just can't stay on the field, man. And concerned injuries back there, you know, at safety, when you have Xavier Watts and Vermont Henderson pretty much in the fold, set up as the starters right now on the back end with maybe Clarence Lewis possibly being moved if they decide to do that. Yeah, I'm cool with them going and solidifying the safety position. Uh, I'm cool with that, right? Especially getting experience back there, even though I think Xavier Watts is really going to be good next year. I think he's going to take another step next year because of the experience he was able to get this year playing a position because he was transitioning from one position to another. And now that he's gotten to play, I think a full offseason locked in, he's going to be able to take an even bigger step next year, in my opinion. Really love what I saw from him. But Thomas Harper, Jalen Catalan, two guys, nickel safety, that are options for Notre Dame. And then, you know, we were asked about modern day, former modern day wide receiver that committed to Notre Dame, decommitted, and then it finally committed to USC on signing day. CJ Williams, you remember when he decommitted, Jaden Mickey had some words from him, or for him, shall I say. They're both from California. They both had played against each other weeks before his decommitment in the California State playoffs with Centennial losing to Modern Day by five points. And Centennial outplayed them that game if you watch the game. And Jade Mickey has some great runs and some great coverage. I mean, some great returns and special uh, teams. And then he had C.J. Williams locked up for the majority of that game. So he was upset when C.J. Williams decommitted. But – 
you know, yesterday we were asked about it when the, the rumblings of him jumping into the portal started. And I felt like, mm, I mean, based upon the way things went down the stretch last year, I, man, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he would be an option, but I'm hearing not only him, but Notre Dame's, they're open to looking at another wide receiver. They already have one coming in. They're opening up. They're opening up to open to bringing in another game breaker at the wide receiver position. So there's so many receivers, man. How do you? That's the hard thing to recruit for a transfer portal. Is it's a lot of good receivers out there. Hopefully, we don't get no tiny five eight super fast guy. Let's get like a nice balanced, you know. Uh, Javon McKinley type of receiver. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And you, so, man, like once again, the great interview we had with Kayla Smith yesterday is available over at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can go check it out. He said it. Man, I ran two routes at Virginia Tech. The goal schools. and 50 50 balls. He said Notre Dame. They want me to play different positions and run all of the route tree. So that's what NFL scouts want to see from a wide receiver. That's right. So and you mix the Sam Hartman in there, throwing those option routes, understanding those type of concepts. You can, I'm telling you, you can have you can have a little thing there. I don't think you'll be running a variety of concepts with Tyler Bugner in there. Mm-hmm. Not that he can't do it. That's just not Tyler's strength. I wouldn't do it because I'd be like Tyler. We can we can really run it up doing this RPO stuff. You know, I think if Sam Hartman's in there, yeah, you'll see all the routes that Michael Mayer ran. Uh, it's just I just think that's how he would call it. So that is that part of today's show. Once again, Apple Podcast, Spotify, follow us on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Leave five stars. Let us know what you think. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. All right, Left, I got you. You already know. We spin it different. different.